Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, the Levitical Priesthood. This is part four of the series. The next thing that we're going to see is that John the Baptist, or Yochanan the Immerser, he was a Levitical priest. In Luke chapter 1, verse 5, it is written, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah of the course of Abia. Remember, King David had split the Levites into different courses. So Zechariah was of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Now, Abia was the eighth course of priests. Back to First Chronicles chapter 24, verse 1, verse 5, and verse 10. Now these are the divisions of the sons of Aaron. Thus were they divided by Lot. The seventh went to Hakaz, the eighth to Abiah. Now Zechariah was burning incense at the altar of the temple. And in Luke chapter 1, verses 9 and 11, it is written, According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And so Yochanan the Immerser, John the Baptist, he was a Levitical priest. Luke chapter 1, verse 13, it is written, But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Now, he's going to be praying what's known as the 18 benedictions. And among those prayers is a prayer for the end of the exile and the coming of the Messiah. And so what's going to precede the end of the exile and the coming of the Messiah is the ministry of the spirit of Elijah. And so this is why we are given this information in Luke chapter 1, and we're told about the background, the details regarding the birth of John the Baptist or Yochanan the Immerser. So now in Luke chapter 1, verse 13, it is written that the angel said to him, Fear not, Zechariah, your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth shall bear you a son, and you will call his name John. Now we're going to see in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, that Yeshua is our Passover lamb, where it is written, For even Messiah, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. And so now we're going to see that 
John the Baptist, Yochanan the Immerser, he's a Levitical priest, and according to the Torah, he's going to declare the Lamb of God to be the Lamb of God and to be ultimately the acceptable Lamb of God sacrifice, which Yeshua became when he died on the tree. So now John the Baptist says in John chapter 1, verse 29, being a Levitical priest, he saw Yeshua And he said, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. So this is connected and associated with the duty and the task of a Levitical priest in service of the tabernacle and the temple and their role regarding the sacrifices themselves. Now, in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, following the Jews being taken into Babylonian captivity by King Nebuchadnezzar, that some of the Levites who returned from Babylonian captivity in the land that they initially took foreign wives. In Ezra chapter 10, verses 2 and 10, it is written, And Shekaniah said unto Ezra, We have trespassed against our God, and we have taken strange wives of the peoples of the land. And Ezra the priest stood up and said unto them, You have transgressed, and you have taken strange wives to increase the trespass of Israel. And ultimately, the Levites, following the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, they departed from following the Torah and properly administrating the Torah, teaching it and being officers and judge over them. They failed in their duties. We can see this in Malachi chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, as it is written. And now, O you priests, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, if you will not lay it to heart, and to give glory unto my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you. Continuing on in Malachi chapter 2, verse 3 and verse 8, the judgment that the God of Israel is going to give to the Levites for their unfaithfulness is he says, I'm going to corrupt your seed, and I'm going to spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feasts, and one shall take you away with it. And you have departed out of the way. You have caused many to stumble at the Torah. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. So we can see from Malachi chapter 2 that the Levites ultimately weren't faithful in the duty of their office as time went along. And as a result of this, as we can see in Malachi chapter 2, that the God of Israel found fault with the Levites because it says in Malachi chapter 2 verse 8, you've caused many to stumble at the Torah. And then it also says in Malachi in chapter 2 verse 9, therefore have I also made you contemptible and base before all the people according as you have not kept my ways and you have been partial in my Torah. You're showing partiality in making your judgments over the people regarding the Torah. And the Torah said regarding the officers and the judges that they were to show no partiality in the Torah. And so because of this, the God of Israel, as we can see in the proclamation of Malachi chapter 2, he's finding fault with the Levites in, in their service unto him. And in finding fault with them, he is then, when Yeshua brings in the new covenant, that Yeshua 
is going to be the high priest over the new covenant, and his Melchizedek priesthood is going to be the governing priesthood of the new covenant and not the Levitical priesthood. The Levitical priesthood is under the authority of the Melchizedek priesthood. Once again, the God of Israel has not taken away the Levitical priesthood. It's just that it's now under the authority of the Melchizedek priesthood in the new covenant. This is what Hebrews is trying to explain in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8, that finding fault with them, the Levitical priest, it says, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And this new covenant is the Torah written upon our hearts. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33, it is written, and this will be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my Torah in their inward parts and I will write it in their hearts. And this is repeated in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my Torah in their mind and I will write it in their heart. And so the new covenant is taking away the stony heart, which is disobedient and doesn't follow the Torah, and replace it, that stony heart, with a heart of flesh. And in doing so, the God of Israel is going to impart his indwelling Holy Spirit so that the Torah is written upon our heart by the Holy Spirit so that we can be obedient to the God of Israel and his Torah through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27, it is written, A new heart will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. And then it says, I'm going to put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and to keep my judgments and to do them. Paul testified in Romans chapter 7, verse 22, that he delights in the Torah of God after the inward man. That is the one that has the indwelling Holy Spirit and the one who has the Torah written upon his heart through the new covenant, which comes about by repenting of your sins and accepting Yeshua into your heart and your life. And you confess him as Savior and Lord of your life. Now, we're going to see that in the new covenant, Yeshua is the high priest of the new covenant, and he is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. So let's first see that Yeshua is our high priest. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, it is written, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Messiah Yeshua. Then it goes on to say in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed in the heavens, Yeshua, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So Yeshua is not only high priest, but he's high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 6 in verse 10 it is written. And he says also in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That's Psalm 110 verse 4. And now Hebrews chapter 5 verse 10 it is written, called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And so Hebrews in chapter 5 verse 6 is referring to Psalm 110 verse 4, which says, the Lord has sworn and will not repent. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, referring to Yeshua. And so 
This is quoted in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 17. You are a priest forever, referring to Yeshua, after the order of Melchizedek. And so now the book of Hebrews is going to compare and contrast the difference between Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood and those things that was done by the Levitical priesthood. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 21, it is written, For those priests were made without an oath, referring to the Levites, but this with an oath, that is Yeshua, where it says, The Lord swore and will not repent that you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So the priesthood of Yeshua was made by his heavenly father through a declaration, through an oath that he made that Yeshua would be the high priest over his kingdom and would function in this Melchizedek priesthood. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 20, And as much as not without an oath, he was made priest. For those priests, the Levites, was made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said on him, The Lord swore and will not repent. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Quoting from Psalm 110 and verse 4. Now, in comparing and contrasting Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood of the new covenant, which governs and is the priesthood of the new covenant, how it is superior to the Levitical priesthood, it goes on to say in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22, by so much was Yeshua made a surety of a better testament. And so, what is one thing that makes the new covenant better than the covenant that Yeshua made with his people at Mount Sinai, given that Yeshua is the lawgiver? Well, one of the things that makes the new covenant better is it has a better priesthood, the Melchizedek priesthood versus the Levitical priesthood. And so the Melchizedek priesthood is over a better covenant, the new covenant, and the new covenant has better promises than the promises that were given at Mount Sinai by Yeshua when he gave the Torah to the nation of Israel. So in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 it is written, but now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is, that is Yeshua, he's the mediator of a better covenant, that is the new covenant, which is established upon better promises. Notice it does not say doing away with the Levitical priesthood, it just says the Melchizedek priesthood is superior and better than the Levitical priesthood. And the Melchizedek priesthood is a more excellent priesthood, a more excellent ministry than the Levitical priesthood. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. But now has he, Yeshua, obtained a more excellent ministry than the Levitical priesthood. And so Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood, his priesthood is able to bring salvation to the nation of Israel, to the world. The Levitical priesthood is not able to bring salvation to the nation of Israel and is not able to bring salvation to the world. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25, wherefore he, that is Yeshua, is able to save them, being a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Now, the blood of bulls and goats, which were a part of the administration of the service of the tabernacle and the temple by the Levites, that the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 4. It's not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. However, Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood, he is able to forgive and to take away our sin through his shed blood. 
when he died on the tree. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11 and 12 and verse 21. And every priest stands daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. That's referring to the Levitical priesthood. But this man, Yeshua, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. And then it says, and having a high priest over the house of God. So Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood is the priesthood over the house of God, over the new covenant. And as the father's Melchizedek priest, Yeshua died once for sinners. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 25 and verse 28. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. So Messiah was once offered to bear the sins of many. Now, the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin, but the blood of Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood is able to make reconciliation between God and man. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 it is written that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest, a Melchizedek high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Then Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 it is written and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. The Melchizedek priesthood of Yeshua which governs the new covenant is superior to the Levitical priesthood which governed the nation of Israel after the sin of the golden calf because the blood of Messiah provides us with eternal salvation and redemption. Hebrews chapter 9 verses 11 and 12 it is written but Messiah being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater in a more perfect tabernacle that is the tabernacle in heaven that was not made with hands that is to say not of this building that neither by the blood of goats and calves through the Levitical priesthood, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. So in further comparing and contrasting Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood versus Levitical priesthood and seeing why the God of Israel found fault with them, that the Levitical priesthood could not bring a person to spiritual maturity, but Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood can bring an individual believer because he's been forgiven of his sins, because the Torah has been written upon his heart, and he's able to follow the Torah through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to bear the fruit of the Spirit. He then is able to be brought into spiritual maturity through Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood. And so the word that's going to communicate spiritual maturity is often translated in the King James New Testament as perfect or perfection. It's the Greek word teleos, which means to be mature, to be complete, to be full age. And the corresponding Hebrew word is tamim. It means to be whole, complete. It means to have moral integrity. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 11. If therefore perfection, spiritual maturity, 
came about by the Levitical priesthood, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? The Levitical priest could not be brought to spiritual maturity in the conscience of the individual. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 9, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect, mature, whole, complete, spiritually upright, as pertaining to the conscience. The Levitical priesthood could not bring a person to full spiritual maturity. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1, for the law, it's referring to the Levitical priesthood, being a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the thing, can never with those sacrifices of blood and of bulls and goats, which they offered year by year continually, make the comers thereunto perfect, whole, complete, spiritually mature, full age. Now, not only is Yeshua the high priest of the new covenant, not only is he a Melchizedek priest, but the government that governs the new covenant is the Melchizedek priesthood, where Yeshua is the high priest of priests, and he is the king of kings, and he is the firstborn of firstborns. And so in the new covenant, Yeshua has restored the place that Adam had in the garden. Adam was a Melchizedek priest. And so Yeshua is going to restore the place and the status of his people who receive him as Messiah, make him Savior and Lord of their life. He's going to restore them to the status of Adam in the garden, who was a Melchizedek priest. And so all those who believe in Yeshua as the Messiah in the new covenant, Yeshua has positionally made them Melchizedek priests. And so we can see that the body of Messiah is a holy priesthood in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, verses 9 as well. You are lively sons. You're built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Yeshua HaMashiach. And then it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. So that's why it says in Revelation chapter 5, verse 10, he He's made us unto our God kings and priests, offices of the Melchizedek priesthood, and we will reign on the earth. You see, Adam was able to rule and reign over the earth because he was a firstborn, a king, and a priest. And so when Yeshua returns and set his feet down on the Mount of Olives, he's going to be teaching the Torah to all nations. He's going to set up his government. And when he does, he's going to have those who's going to be ruling and reigning with him. And they are going to have the place and the position of king, priest, firstborn before him. So in order to rule and reign with Messiah, you must be a part of his government. And to be a part of his government, you must be a Melchizedek priest. That's why the kings and priests reign with him on the earth. Now we're told in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5 that the tabernacle that was built in the wilderness, that it's a blueprint of the heavenly tabernacle. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5, which served under the example and shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, says he, that you make all things according to the pattern shown to you in the mount. So Yeshua is the high priest of the heavenly tabernacle, of the heavenly sanctuary. We're told in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the 
summary. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. He's a minister of the sanctuary of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. Now Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22, that you've come into Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the innumerable company of angels. So the heavenly tabernacle is greater than the tabernacle of Moses. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11. But Messiah being a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more whole, complete, mature tabernacle, not made with hands. Well, that's going to conclude part four of the series on the subject, the Levitical priesthood. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.